0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Chatting Films with Coffee with me, Simon, and my good friend and co-host, Mike Elkins.
1: Good afternoon, Simon. How are you?
0: I'm very well, mate. How are you? Yeah, good. Calling you Simon seems very formal. <laughs> it does. It's like a very weird business meeting.
1: <laughs> well, I suppose that's what this was designed for. So kind of.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very true. Uh, we are doing it remotely again, so we're using that uh, fantastic Skype-like
1: uh, program. I'm <laughs> still not allowed to say what we're using.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I guess we are. We're using Zoom. If anyone's using it, it's Zoom US. They're very, very good. So, how was your how your coffee week been, Mike? What are you tucking into this evening?
1: Uh, this I don't let me get the. Uh, so I'm into some green beans this week.
0: Yeah, I'm uh, so excited to talk about it.
1: Yeah. So uh, Mexican. Excuse the rustling. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a. Uh, Term, my my Mexican is not very good, but uh, Taruno Nairita bean, which oh, is yeah. a, a Mexican bean, uh, which apparently comes from a a slightly volcanic region. Okay,
0: so I should get quite i uh, I'm going to say ashy, <laughs> ashy tone
1: to it. Smoky, I believe, is the, uh, the official terminology. I'm not sure. Ashy coffee sounds, um, but yeah, it's 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 nice. But home roasted, that's the that's the big difference.
0: That's yeah. I'm I mean I'm so excited to talk about uh, this so uh me and mike a couple of years ago wondered how difficult it would be to roast beans um so when you get coffee you get them in uh, green beans which consumers will only know coffee beans as sort of dark brown black beans but before that they obviously have to be roasted to get the caffeine out uh, yep, yep. Me and Mike did a bit of research into it. And about two Christmases ago, we started pan frying some,
1: <laughs> some green
0: coffee beans, yeah. um, which I'm going to say were burnt. Uh, but Mike recently has taken that to the next level and has bought a machine to, to roast his own beans. So, so
1: yeah, a, uh, a, a popcorn popper, no less, mm. which um, has done a fantastic job. A fantastic job but now the trouble is i'm now kind of at the mercy of my own roasting skills as right. to whether i actually get coffee that's drinkable or not
0: <laughs> how's it been so
1: far uh mixed results yeah so the first three roasts have been kind of trying to find that sweet spot mm-hmm. and i think i'm narrowing in on about seven minutes for it i think okay so For those that don't roast and have no idea, there's a a couple of cracks involved in roasting. So you roast it to the point of first crack. And then normally then coffees will start to develop their their, their flavors from there. The closer to the first crack it is, the more acidic the coffee. The further away from the first crack towards what's called a second crack, the more bitter the, the coffee tends to be. So the coffee that people get in supermarkets are like second crack and beyond, which is why they're super bitter this one the first time it was so acidic it was like I don't know it was like the worst grapefruit in the world um, <laughs> but it was it was only like the top quarter of the cup was really acidic right and then it got sweeter the further and it was most the the, the the further I got into the drink the, the, but it wasn't particularly pleasant and the second one was to the point of I think I almost caught fire um, <laughs> The beans were, yeah, there was there was burn marks and all sorts. So yeah, we're getting there. We're getting there, but it's 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 good fun.
0: Does it smell as nice as I'm expecting it to smell? It
1: does. Yeah, yeah. It makes the makes the house smell like coffee, which is good. But it well, does it does cover the it covers the kitchen in chaff. So the, uh, the yeah. leaf like covering off the bean just flies everywhere. You can't do anything about that. But yeah, it was like twenty quid off Amazon and. uh Best, best coffee-based investment I've I've probably made since the Aeropress, of course.
0: But, I, I was going to say, aside from our friends
1: at Aeropress. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> in terms of the actual crack, it's it's a genuine like cracking, like,
1: like really loud. Like I, I think the first crack sort of came in at uh, about three minutes. Okay. And I mean, I, I had no idea really what I was listening out for, but yeah, it was a definite. Um, Kind of, yeah, a bit like if you have ever popped popcorn, it's that kind of initial kind of burst of they're all just going nuts. Mm. The second crack, not quite so, quite so obvious. But I was kind of expecting them all to go really close together, but they didn't. They were sort of cracking over a two minute period. Right. Which I think is maybe the downfall to the popcorn popper. You don't have control over the temperature. Mm. So you maybe get some beans. You don't get the most even roast, but I'm not going to complain. It's my first attempt, and I'm not really in a position to go and spend five grand on a home roasting machine. <laughs> Just leave it in the garden. Just <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah. When you're not roasting coffee, you could turn it into a, the biggest barbecue.
1: Yeah, yeah. Just bung everything into this massive sort of gyrating bin.
0: Well, it's it's such an art, isn't it? To actually get coffee in its natural form and then to produce something that is as delicious as what we're used to doing so roasting of the coffee is the most important um element of the whole coffee process um obviously then it comes like uh, comes down to the people who are making the coffee and understanding what people like from the coffee and how it should be tasting but obviously <laughs> if, if the original roast is useless and you've got nothing there so it's uh it's very ambitious of you to start trying to roast at home um i did say to beth that i will be attempting to buy a popcorn maker at some point (laughs) probably when we move out
1: so yeah no it's good it's good and i would i would strongly suggest if you enjoy your coffee i think it's probably the next step once Mm. you've got your actual making of the coffee down the roasting is kind of the next stage and apparently it's becoming more and more popular people doing it at
0: home quickly on the last coffee thing mike what are you
1: drinking this evening is it one of yours or is it i'm having one of one of these, uh, these uh Teruno Niarita, yeah. That's and, fantastic. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Taken slightly closer to the crack, the second crack this time round. Okay. So this is maybe it's a slightly bit too bitter for me, but the flavors there, the cooler the cup gets, it's, it's a nice flavor. Quite sweet.
0: Mm, well that's good. I I love me a sweet coffee. Um I've gone full-blown Colombian um from a a company called Redemption Roasters. Um I wanna okay. give them a really interesting shower, actually. So basically redemption, um, they train uh, prisoners to roast coffee beans for them. So they have a skill for wow. when they are released, they can then uh, uh, apply to work in roasteries and within the coffee, um, coffee industry, which I thought was a very, very gr- like cool idea, a, a very unique angle, um, and it's a really nice coffee. That's really cool. Yeah, this is, that is our coffee chat. Uh, onto the films, I guess.
1: That's what we're here for.
0: Um, so apologies it has been a while since we last spoke um, in, in about the three to four weeks that we haven't spoken I've been on holiday and I've just come back from filming something which I can't really talk about so we'll ignore that but I, I do want to say thank you for listening and tuning in after a good three or four weeks mm. um, but in that in that time I have managed to watch a film um, that is released now it's called King of Thieves so why don't you go and put the kettle on or something it's not a great link really was it
1: yeah,
0: why not? <laughs> <laughs> so, King of Thieves, what do you know about it, Mike?
1: Uh, not masses. Uh, obviously, the Hatton Garden robbery. Mm-hmm. Um, so, based on a true story. Yeah. I don't know how accurately based on a true story we're, we're talking, but decent cast. Michael Caine, Michael Gambon, I believe. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Jim Broadbent, Ray Winston. So yeah, oh, Paul yeah. Whitehouse as well, isn't it? Paul Whitehouse is in there, I think. Somewhere. It is.
0: Who I believe but is he's one of your favourite actors, isn't
1: he? I, I enjoy Paul Whitehouse. Yeah, I do. Not necessarily seen him in something of this nature before, mainly from the Far Show. So it would be interesting <laughs> to see how this sort of how he compares. Mm.
0: Well, it is nice to see him do a straight, uh, straighter role, uh, which I'll get yeah. into. But to be honest, yeah, you've hit the nail on the head, mate. Um, it is uh, about the true story of the Hatton Garden heist uh, that happened in 2015. So literally three years ago. And it was masterminded by a group of men in their 60s and 70s. Um, and for people who don't know, Hatton Garden is a very, very illustrious part of London with basically jewellery shops and diamonds galore essentially and there was a group of men in their 60s and 70s who um a couple of years ago robbed it there was a specific <laughs> uh specific shop um and yeah they they kind of threw caution to the wind uh and undertook something which not a huge amount of men in their 60s and 70s could do it's produced by the people who brought us the darkest hour and legend um, and it's directed by Oscar-winning director oh. James Marsh. So you'd think that these guys- Two great
1: films, yeah, yeah.
0: Exactly, like perfect for this a story of this nature, shall we say. Yeah. Um, so that's basically a little bit about the film. The film starts off with Michael Caine's character, Brian Reader, meeting his wife and reminiscing about how they met, the good old days, etc., uh, and chatting about his rather dodgy career in the gold industry. Um, When his wife sadly passes away very early on in the film, Reader faces the harsh reality of spending the rest of his life on his own, but still harboring a burning desire to keep himself busy. uh, Busy in speech marks. Um, As the film continues, we are introduced to Reader's dodgy associates and friends with Jim Broadbent, Tom Courtney, and Ray Winston's characters all talking passionately about how keen they are to take on one last job and one last heist with Hatton Garden. Reader seems hesitant at first, but when a younger crook in Charlie Cox and another of Reed's slim and skinny associates in Paul Whitehouse come on board to deal with the technical and physical elements of the heist, the wheels are set in motion and the heist is on. So a plot about a group of older crooks taking on one of the most ambitious and biggest robberies in UK history. It shouldn't be a huge surprise that the film is funny and wonderfully weird and charming, but not in the traditional sense. There are plenty of laughs and lots of swipes aimed at the age of the crooks malfunctioning hearing aids and toilet troubles for example, Uh, and the film certainly does well to mock the very idea that these men were able to to pull off such a stunt Uh, and this all makes the beginning very enjoyable to watch. Uh, There's a great pace to the beginning of the film, within the first half an hour you're already watching the start of the robbery as well as being introduced to the main characters. But once the heist is done, the second act really slows down. In fact, it's almost disappointing because given the cast it has, the scenes without the fast action and the pace really do drag and the film loses so much of its initial pace, which to me is quite frustrating because, as you said, Mike, there's so many great actors in there and it's, yeah. there's so many opportunities for character-led scenes with such a fantastic cast and it just doesn't live up to the to the fun and to the mm. intensity that the first half does. There's, like, there's countless scenes with um, Michael Caine and Jim Broadbent and Ray Winston acting off each other. And you think, well, okay, this is this is where it's about to really take it to the next level. And it just sort of flat lines. Do, do
1: you think that's because it is based so much on real life?
0: Um, that they not, haven't
1: been able to write in that kind of that fictional gold that you could potentially get from those types of actors?
0: Maybe, maybe. Um, it almost feels a little rushed. I guess, obviously, when... Well, if it's if it's a film about a bank job and a heist, the fast-paced scenes are obviously going to be very enjoyable to watch. But yeah, yeah. Um, with the actual characters and the dialogues, because this only happened three years ago, I wonder if it was maybe slightly too rushed. I mean, there wasn't mm-hmm. really that much of a thought about the second half of the film. It was like, right, so we've we've done the important bit, and now it's like the the next stage, because obviously the crooks yeah. do get caught in the end. But it, you're very much just kind of treading water until they do get caught. Um, I think maybe it just seemed a little bit too rushed. Ran out of yeah, ideas slightly.
1: Yeah, that is interesting. Because, I mean, you would think it must have something about it for that for those actors to actually want to put their name to it. Mm.
0: Yeah. I mean, to be fair, it's you kind of brought up a really interesting point because these actors um, all have these types of films in them throughout their career. Uh, and yeah. that's one of the things that, uh, marsh has done really well with his direction he at the beginning of the film and at the end of the film he mixes in footage of previous films with these guys in it so there's footage of a young michael kane doing his gangster business there's yeah. young ray winston uh, in a ball okay. stool so right at the beginning of their careers so that's really yeah. enjoyable to watch um but yeah you do you do think that these older actors playing these um these types of characters would be enough to entice them in but there's just that it's just that second half. is just lacking in so much intensity mm-hmm. compared to the first. Um, the writing is a little bit cliched as well. Um, okay. There's a, there's a really cringy bit where, you know, you know what you're going to get with Michael Caine? Like he's the, the sensible head on a older pair of shoulders. Yeah, he's, yeah, very, yeah. he's Very much. I've been here, done it. You, you got to listen to me. Yeah. But in, <laughs> <Good> in, <person. laughs> thank you very much. <laughs> he meets Paul Whitehouse in his allotment right and there's a bit where he's talking about growing lemons and I kid you not he opens it with I've already told you how to grow some lemons and it's like what what do you know about growing lemons Michael Caine like do you know what I mean like it's just it's just a little bit overdone I think maybe because we're so used to hearing these types of words come out of Michael Caine's mouth like not every character he plays has to be an expert on everything, you know. On everything,
1: like, yeah, yeah.
0: Um, but it is quite funny when he says, oh, I thought I told you about growing lemons. It's like, well, yeah, he I'd probably did interested. in the previous film.
1: I'd be interested to know if they did actually sort of go and interview the actual people and kind of try and piece it together. Mm maybe that was a line that one of them just threw out there that, Oh yeah. You know, when I was doing this, one of them said this and they just thought, Oh, that's a great line. We'll put it in when actually it didn't work. And they were too busy trying to recreate real yeah. life rather than that little bit of artistic license, which maybe I don't know, would, would make the film a little bit more enjoyable.
0: Maybe I a bit more believable, just a little less yeah. like a little less like, Oh, Michael Caine knows what he's talking about again. Um,
1: yeah.
0: yeah. and don't get me wrong. I love Michael Caine. He's, he's, one of my favorite
1: institution isn't he
0: of course he is yeah and like if anyone's going to give a lecture on um on growing lemons uh then you probably do want it to come from michael kane but it was a bit like (laughs) you you don't need to start you don't need to start this bit of dialogue off with with you talking about how you know how to grow lemons it was very odd Um, so it was a little bit cliched i guess um in terms of them actually talking to the people well i think since (laughs) since the robbery one died in prison um, and I think the other one, one of the other four or five has died fairly recently. So um, Yeah, again, I guess
1: that's a, a natural issue with the age of the uh, perpetrator. <laughs> <perspective.
0: laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's quite funny. Um, I was doing a bit of research on it. The first guy who died, he was ordered to pay back uh, six million. And if he didn't, then he'd have his um, sentence extended. Yeah. didn't pay it back. A week later, died after his sentence <laughs> was extended.
1: I don't really have any... I don't look at them and think even at the time you sort of went "Ah, oh, you know, it's just a bunch of old boys out for a laugh. Mm. You don't necessarily feel that almost that the prison just seemed a little bit harsh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it was like the biggest bank heist in, in British history or whatever it was. I, yeah. I just, it seemed like a, it seemed like a film at the time. It was like that kind of, this is a bit like an old Lockstock kind of mm. could be quite funny and, and um, yeah, but but I, th- I think I still will try and see it I think.
0: I would yeah I mean it's it's funny because they do mention that right at the end of the scene when, uh, right at the end of the film when it looks like and they have been caught um, it looks like they're going to be going to prison and it's like oh Drekkenwell Will worry about us going to prison and you get Michael Caine be like, you want them to worry about you going to prison you want them to treat you like anyone else and it's like they do bring that up but you're watching it and like, when I was watching, I kind of thought, very similar to you, like, well, fair play, lads. It's not what your average 70-year-old does. No. Um, yeah. And so it's, it's it definitely has that energy and that feel to it. The performances are very good. Um, Broadbent, Courtney, and, of course, Kane, they give really great performances as Terry Perkins, John Kenny Collins, and Brian Reader. Um, Jim Broadbent, great to see him playing a horrible character. Mm. Like... I know him as Professor Slughorn from Harry Potter, mainly. Um, (laughs) Kind of like a bumbling old loof of a man. Um, Really genuinely quite horrible in this. Um, Drops a C-bomb. Really? Yeah.
1: Wow, that's always a a shock.
0: For a 70-year-old man to come out with. Yeah. Um, I'm probably doing him a disservice, I don't think he's 70, but a a man in his elderly years to to drop that on you. Um, so uh, his performance is really good genuinely terrifying really really nice to see uh yeah. charlie cox gives something of an understated performance um as basil who he is the younger crook he clearly doesn't feel comfortable mingling with the likes of ray winston um jim okay. brobent and michael Kane. there's yeah. there's quite an awkwardness about him which works uh really well um and obviously any scene with Michael Caine is very, very enjoyable. Apart from the lemon tree issue, um, hmm. I would like to see a bit more from Winston and White House, um, especially the latter, because with with White House, he's he's there and he's an integral part of the of the heist. But I'm not going to give too much away. But he he goes away, shall we say, and you don't really see him until the end. Um, and he doesn't have a few, he doesn't have a huge amount of lines, but he's very enjoyable to watch. As is uh, Ray Winston, who is really funny in it. You don't again. You don't associate okay, Ray Winston know. with being.
1: Funny.
0: Um, no. it, nice to see. Nice to see Jim Broadbent being a little bit more meaner, and nice to see Ray Winston being a little bit more comical than he has been. Um,
1: yeah. I mean, some of his original kind of like the the first films that I really started to see him in, some of his old gangster films. Um, mm. I'm just trying to think what they were called. I think it was Love, Honor, and Obey. One of them, right. Uh, sexy beast is another oh, sexy beast. Great film, and other characters had the the funny element. Mm. It was never him. Mm. Um, so yeah, no, that is an interesting one to to see. I'd be intrigued to see how he plays that.
0: It's it's really nice to see actually. Like he could have just said, "All right, just do your Ray Winston typical thing," but like he's a he's a proper charming cockney geezer. Calls people governor. Um as yeah. a bit of a laugh. He does a he does a headstand at one point. Um okay. quite early on. Uh, quite interesting to see Ray Winston doing a headstand.
1: <laughs> does he do <laughs> his own stunts?
0: <laughs> I couldn't have thought so. <laughs> <laughs> but no, he, he's his performance is wonderful, as is uh, Michael Gambon, um yeah. who plays I think he must have about five lines in the whole thing. He plays right. a character called Billy the Fish.
1: Of course.
0: Um he's a fish <laughs> driver. a driver a man who drives drives fish fish. yes precisely so he's got a a fish man a fish man yeah really funny in it like i said has about five lines during the whole thing um it was a really nice older bromance between um him and tom courtney's character um and honestly if you are going to go watch it you'll be very very happy with michael gambon's performance um just because he's he he looks away with the fairies for most of it Um, and it's really really funny um i'd say in terms of the direction there are plenty of things that marsh does really well including the footage i mentioned earlier of um mixing some of their younger performances with where they are now um but honestly like the lack of pace in the second half and just like the lack of subtlety and originality in the writing really really lets the film down but Mm. mate the pace just like if flat lines after after the first act. Um so overall I would say King of Thieves is is a very safe, enjoyable film with plenty of laughs. And the best way I can describe it is it's exactly the type of film you want to go and watch with your dad.
1: Okay. So what were you saying out of five?
0: Three. Three out of five.
1: Three out of five. So that's that's not bad.
0: No, it's and it's not a bad film. It's a really enjoyable film. Um it's just it's But it could have been better absolutely yeah and it's almost disappointing at how good it could have been given how yep. well it starts off um yep. is out in cinemas now um i'm giving it a 3 out of 5 um and i would definitely recommend going to see it um possibly with your dad if you are able to
1: yeah well thank you for that that is uh, enlightening i uh, i will go and see it i think i will just uh, just to see
0: i will i think next time you with mark if you've got nothing to do then
1: um yeah definitely drag to. him into the cinema yeah
0: yeah okay so that is King of Thieves. It's out now. Um, onto another feature of ours, which I'm loving spending just hours researching films that came out 10 years ago.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, we're going to have to... So is this, is this, do you think this is a feature that's going to uh, develop? Because obviously, you know, we're rattling towards the end of 2018 now. So we're going to try and crowbar all of the 2008 films and then when we get to January, have a whole new... List, we're going to keep this going. Oh, I'm enjoying it. I'm I'd enjoying like to it.
0: think so. I mean, I, yeah. I haven't even looked at what 2009 had in store for us, but
1: I'm sure there's some gold in there somewhere. Must surely. be, must um, be. Um, on, on that kind of theme, though, very, very quickly, mm. did, you, did you ever watch Band of Brothers?
0: Um, I didn't.
1: Oh, the Tom Hanks, so it was Tom Hanks and Steven Spielberg. It was a mini series, HBO mm. mini series.
0: I, um, I never saw it, but I know it is absolutely legendary.
1: Yeah, I mean, if you have not. If you've not seen it, this probably doesn't really relate, but it's 17 years old, like wow. this week, and that, for me, is genuinely frightening.
0: 17 years old, that 17 is... 17
1: years old, and I still bet it looks it looks as good now as it did, did then.
0: main thing I know about Band of Brothers is the cast it had, didn't it spawn the likes of Fassbender, um, yep. Tom Hardy... Yeah. Um Colin Hanks, I believe he was
1: in it. Yeah, 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 He was in there. Um and it but it was it was the, the, it was cast that you didn't even really see. Mm. Um, you maybe saw them for a very, very split second. And then you kind of see them a little bit later on, you think, Oh my god, yes, actually, yeah, you were obviously mm. Damien Lewis um is now considerable yeah. in terms of, you know, he's a big star. Um, but back then, not not so much. Mm. Um, yeah, I was trying to think who else Who else was in there. Simon Pegg. <laughs> really? Simon Pegg. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was there. Um, again, but he was only very, I think he was like a runner or something, you know. But when you then look back, you do see him pop up. David Schwimmer, he's in there. Mm. but Obviously, he was huge anyway by that point. But anyway, we digress. Let's get back on topic. So, <laughs> yeah, 2008. So, what did we, last time up was uh, Batman.
0: Uh, The Dark Knight and Pineapple Express. Um, It's mad to think that those films are 10 years old. Um, I'm going to chuck one out to you now. A film Mm. that I can't get over being 10 years old is Role Models. Ah, yes. 10 years Uh, old, Mike.
1: I know. Scary, isn't it? Very, very scary. And a film that I actually came to quite late. I didn't see it when it originally came out. I maybe... fairly recently maybe like the last three years four years um, and it is a film that even now I will turn to mm. if I just want to watch something that's just funny you just want to laugh like the kids hilarious um, and yeah obviously um, is it Christian mintz Placé who has the most one of the most ridiculous names in film or mm. McLovin he's, <laughs> yeah, he's a character to love as well yeah a great film great film and there was this there was a little I don't know, maybe three year, four year period where American comedy was killing it in terms of just everything, the casts, the writing, it was everything was enjoyable. Super bad, obviously probably being for me the 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 tip of that iceberg. But then yeah, Pineapple Express, uh Juno is another belter. Obviously yeah. that was uh O seven. Juno, yeah. I think. Yeah, O seven. Um, and then you had that kind of, you know, the, the Vince Vaughn kind of, yeah, um, dodgeball, wedding crashes, those sorts of films. They mm. were, it seemed that there was a new one out almost every month.
0: Yeah, and, and that's why I, I can't get my head around looking at the, the amount of films that were released even 10 years ago. So we're not even mm. talking about 2006, 2007. 10 yeah. years ago, there was hit comedy after hit comedy after hit comedy. Like every two or three months, a new hit comedy would come out and like, I just can't get my head around how we don't have anything like that at the moment. There's like, it's rare if a, if a, if a comedy comes out and if it's a hit. So I guess obviously a lot has changed. Like Netflix is releasing a lot of comedies at the moment, which.
1: That's what I was going to say. And a lot of the actors that you saw sort of kind of cut their teeth in these films are now quite, quite, you know, like Jason Bateman. Mm he's in so we're going to talk a little bit about forgetting sarah marshall in a minute but he appears in that very briefly and now he's all over netflix with uh, is it ozarks or whatever so, you know um yeah and it was yeah but I, I i don't know why it suddenly stopped i don't yeah
0: i i you know, kind of i've got my own theory i think a lot of the success of those comedy films were um through judd apatow and his work but yeah. i wonder if when he stopped producing that those type of films people kind of i don't know whether they I, instead of feeling like okay now it's our time they kind mm. of felt like okay well that's that then well i yeah, think like yeah. i will watch anything that apatow has worked on because yeah. he to me he's i know um, you
1: have a bit of a crush on him just, i do yeah so it's a, it's a weird i've got a weird obsession
0: with him and weirdly his family. It's very odd. I'm not going to keep this bit in.
1: Um, but, <laughs> <Yeah>. I, um, <laughs> but I mean, you look at, so let's, I mean, like some of the, like, like Jonah Hill, mm. he really emerged during this, this kind of time. Yeah. Um I mean, few, Yeah. I mean, Jason Siegel. Um, yeah. Yep. So I mean, I'm looking through, I'm looking through like Jonah Hill's uh, film list now. And so you've got getting to the Greek in twenty ten. Mm. After that, it's a very definite shift in. So you're then going to TV at 21 Jump Street, okay, was good and was kind of along those lines. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot more seriousness. Wolf of Wall Street. It's as if they said, okay, cool, we've we've had our fun. And now we need to now we need to do that kind of that serious that serious stuff, or we need to avoid trying to be typecasted and kind of move away from everything like,
0: yeah. I, I do get it from their point of view it's like okay like you said we we people know i can do comedy you get yep. but you get into acting the majority of people do to to make art and to make um slightly more more sensible grittier roles um
1: yeah yeah But Which, why not why not i mean should you want to you know you want to try and push yourself a bit further i mean mm. i guess it was the kind of peak of some people's career like owen wilson for example he kind of Exactly, like wedding crashes and stuff like that, that that made him. Without these films I'm not sure Owen Wilson would be someone we'd necessarily be talking about. Yeah, exactly. Um,
0: but I wonder well, if because Jonah Hill and Seth Rogen in, in particular they've managed to go from that and turn themselves into genuine serious actors like Wolf of Wall Street, Steve Jobs. Like you said maybe Owen Wilson carried on doing comedies for too long.
1: And I, I, I think that that's a really good point. And I I think it was that kind of look, you know, we've done how many more kind of getting high films can we do? Um, And I guess, but I guess it's kind of like mirrors life in a way, you know, people do that sort of stuff in their late teens, early twenties, and then they grow out of it and they move on to something a little bit more serious.
0: Yeah. true. I guess
1: when you're, when you're, uh, I don't know how old Seth Rogan is when you're kind of like a mid thirties actor, (laughs) you don't necessarily want to be knocking around in, in your mate's living room, giving him (laughs) like, guy and stuff like that and you <laughs> want to be trying to so I, I guess it's yeah completely understandable it's a shame because those films are great but mm.
0: i think actually jonah hill and seth Rogen in particular they've kind of um they i think they've played it right because they will they can walk into any comedy show but they can also do more serious roles um yeah. which i'm all for because i i love both of their work um yes. and the latter in that um jonah hill he does appear in Forgetting Sarah Marshall, which is the film yeah. you want to
1: talk about. Yeah, I do. I think it's one of those films that is that is forgotten. Mm. Um, there were so many great films released in in 2008. Um, and this is one that people maybe don't necessarily go to immediately as one that they'd like to watch. But if it's on, everyone loves it. Mm. And I, I was trying to kind of, I was watching it the other night, and I was trying to kind of nail down the reasons why everyone loves it. And I th- I've come up with with a, a few kind of a few areas, so was, the cast is, is pretty good. It's I mean pretty it, it it, Yeah. I mean, the main cast, so obviously um, Jason Seagull, uh, Mila Kunis and Jonah Hill, but then also Russell Brand. Mm-hmm. And this was kind of he was on his way up.: Yeah Now, uh, I think the first time I ever saw Russell was he did my student union. <laughs> he did some stand up in my student union about four years before this, so this was when he was really starting to, you know, starting to, to get there. Um, and I have a, a, a deep love of Russell Brand, so him being in this film is a is a definite bonus. And I have a sneaking suspicion that his portrayal of Aldous Snow is actually quite close to real life for him, <laughs> at the, uh, the, um, um, maybe not then, but certainly now <laughs> with his sobriety and everything else. And, yeah, you know, all
0: of I remember. I was in college and I saw uh, "Forgetting Sarah Marshall" on DVD um, in the local Asda, and I was like, "Okay, I'm going to check that out," purely because they have Russell Brand in it. Um, yeah. I, I love Russell Brand, and I love I I listened back to some of his podcasts from around about this time, 2008, and he's talking about this film. It's coming mm-hmm. out, or um, oh, you saw me in "Forgetting Sarah Marshall"? Did you like it? That sort of thing. And I love hearing back um, to to how he describes it uh, and that sort of buzz around him at the time. Um, yeah favorite thing about russell Brand in this film is that um in forgetting sarah marshall the person he auditioned for was for was as an author mm. um it was a it was a reclusive author
1: um,
0: <laughs> he auditioned for it and they're like well we have to make this guy a rock star. <laughs> like, That's it. yeah his audition was so good they were just like right okay we're gonna we're gonna basically redraft this entire character because you are perfect for it yeah. um and he is perfect in it. It's
1: could you imagine the, the elder snow character being an author?
0: Absolutely he not, have had
1: anywhere near like he, he just made the, made the film,
0: absolutely. Uh, yeah,
1: and when he's giving, um, when he's giving that guy sex advice whilst they're <laughs> playing giant chess, <laughs> like I could imagine at some point in his life, Russell Brand probably would have had a similar conversation, not necessarily over giant chess, but it <laughs> would <laughs> He would have he would have taught somebody to do those things. I'm I'm no doubt, um, yeah. yeah. So the the cast. I mean, even the even the, the kind of the, the the guys that just pop up. Paul Rudd, who just randomly pops up every now and again as the surf instructor.
0: He's great uh, in it.
1: He's great. He's really really great. Um, Bill Hader, um, obviously of Officer yeah. Slater fame, um, is the 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 step brother giving actually really good relationship advice which is just being completely ignored by Jason Statham um, Beagle Jason, Statham? Jason <laughs> Statham I've got something on my screen that says Jason Statham and I've just read my screen yeah, <laughs> um, That would
0: be a very different film.
1: It would, it would um, but I, th- I think something that really really popped up in as I was watching it the other day the amount of penis references <laughs> that I'd not noticed before it's like it's a theme a definite running theme (laughs) i mean he gets dumped at the start of the film naked Mm. graphically naked as well he gets into a new relationship at the end of the film he's naked again Mm. um and yeah there's just a lot of very childish genitalia humor that runs throughout and i think that that appears appeals to my kind of my immature, maybe my childish self. So that made it quite fun. There's a lot of innuendo in there. Mm. Naturally, the the like some of Russell Brand's the the music, the lyrics are uh,
0: Yeah <laughs> inside of uh, Yeah. Like, there's not
1: even there's not, nothing subtle about that at all. <laughs> <laughs>
0: there's um there's a really interesting fact about what you just said about the nudity. Basically a couple of years later, Jason Siegel pitched a um a Muppets movie to um to disney and it did get made um this is 2010 this film came out but the execs at disney were worried about how sincere jason Siegel was being with this pitch because in his previous film he was stark bollock naked (laughs) (laughs) um which yeah i i kind of i i love because it's it's very he's graphically naked within the first two or three minutes of the film.
1: There is no... And it is shocking. If you forget that that happens, it is shocking. But it's so funny <laughs> as
0: well because you feel like he's clearly a very sweet guy and he's yeah. holding a towel and he just lifts his hands up to his face like, oh, my God. And it's just like, yeah. this is hilarious.
1: And there and, um, it all is. And there yeah. it is, hanging. Yeah, quite literally hanging. Um Yeah, and, and even like the little... um so the 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 vox poppy things that they had of of Kristen Bell's character uh, when she was an actress. So in some of the 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 absolutely terrible crime uh, detective programs that she was making, and I think what was it? Uh, they were I don't know. They're in a mortuary or something like that, and in the line of can can you say Dixical comes out, and it's just. <laughs> Is so unbelievably childish that yeah. you, you have to laugh. You have to laugh.
0: Yeah, uh, I I, I really like that whole uh, vibe from the film because it, it basically just mocks like B-list celebrity and those yeah. god awful yeah. crime shows that are, are probably on right now on a plethora Definitely.
1: of course on you know on some deep and dark. Uh, Sky Channel, no, it's all there, like Murder She Wrote and stuff like that. It's all, it's all there, um,
0: like a sexy Columbo. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. Um, no, I, I, it's, I think it's just a really, it's a fun film. Mm. It's a fun film. There's, it doesn't take itself seriously in any way. Um, and Hawaii looks great. It's, it's probably. <laughs> I, I fully intend on going to Hawaii next year, purely off the back of watching the film again.
0: Oh yeah, that <laughs> makes sense. Makes sense. I um one of my favorite things about the film is obviously the chemistry between Jonah Hill and Russell Brand which in itself spawned a sequel and that's
1: Green. it see this is that i was going to say would you call it a sequel i'd i'd say maybe more spin off i don't know
0: okay yeah spin off is a good shout i think um it's weird because jonah hill doesn't play the same character but no um so it probably can't be a yeah sequel but yeah the a spin off is a great way to describe it which in itself is a great three,
1: it's also a really good film mm. really good film I mean Nicholas Stoller directed both so he's you know there's there was obviously intentions of it to be as closely linked as possible and I, I know it was a different character but I do kind of wish that it was actually Jonah Hill's character from the first film who I do as well kind of evolved from being the waiter slash whatever the hell he was at that hotel into being <laughs> <laughs> who he comes and gets into the Greek He's a um, he's a
0: weed dealing stalker waiter.
1: Yeah, who makes <laughs> coconut cake? <laughs> um, <laughs> um,
0: I'm I'm going to put it out there and say that forgetting Sarah Marshall is the perfect date movie.
1: Oh yeah, yeah,
0: even ten years old. Yeah.
1: yeah, I mean, I know in the first in the first podcast, I alluded to uh, a dark enjoyment of the holiday as a film and being a bit of a a guilty pleasure, particularly around Christmas time. And I think this is kind of my summer version of that.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's so true. We I need an
1: autumn and a spring um, and then I'm covered for all seasons.
0: <laughs> well, if you've got any ideas on what these films could be, then obviously let us know, just tweet us. Um, yeah. And yeah, I guess that probably, that wraps up another episode. Um, Forgetting Sarah Marshall, wonderful film, uh, role models, weird, mad comedy. Um, which neither of us can believe are 10 years old. I'm going
1: to I'm going to say that some people probably wouldn't have seen Role Models.
0: If you haven't, it's recently been added to Netflix, so check yeah, it out. I, um, you have
1: to. It's, and it kind of made me want to go and dress up as some kind of middle-aged sword fighter.
0: Thank you so much for listening. Uh, this is one of the highlights of the week for me, just chatting about films with yeah a, a very good friend and some delicious coffee.
1: Oh, what well, could be better? Maybe some donuts. I might bring donuts next time.
0: All right, <laughs> okay. You bring donuts, I'll bring some.
1: Yeah, yeah, <laughs>
0: snack <laughs> amazing. Thank you very much, mate. Cool. Uh, we'll chat. No,
1: Absolutely, pleasure. Week. Talk to you next week.
0: All right, mate. See you in a bit. Bye. Bye.